Do you dream of cerulean waters, verdant vegetation, and sandy beaches? Yes, you're dreaming of Hawaii. Hello and welcome to TripCast 360, the podcast of lively banter about travel, tourism, and entertainment. This is Michael Gordon Bennett coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada, which is wide open, by the way, as of May 1st. And I am joined, as always, by the Barbados Flash via the Big Apple, Dave Cumberbatch. Dave, I have lived on the West Coast for 33 years and have not set foot in the one destination we're going to talk about today. That's right. On this episode, we'll... That episode is the Hawaiian Islands, and uh, we'll be focusing on on their culture and their rich history. Uh, well, I'm really we, excited. I'm I'm really we, excited about having our guest today speak on that subject. Yeah, we also got the daredevil Catherine with us, which we'll, <laughs> which we'll introduce in a few minutes. Um, but I, I can't believe it. You know, think about this now. For those of us who live on the West Coast in Los Angeles, I mean, it's a five five and a half hour flight from. Uh, LA to Honolulu or Maui. I have been to Cabo San Lucas twice, which is a two and a half hour flight from LA. I have been to Puerto Vallarta, which is another 45 minutes further. I've been there twice just in the last four or five years. I never set foot to Hawaii and my 33-year-old son manages to get to Hawaii before his dad did. Listen, Michael, there are people who live in New York City and have never been to the Empire State Building. Okay, I'll let that one go. (laughs) I've never been to the Statue of Liberty. Trust me. (laughs) I I guess I don't understand that. I guess maybe it was my upbringing and always, you know, traveling as a child because of my dad's military career. I don't understand how you don't leave a 50 mile radius of your front door. Yeah. I, uh, I I don't get it. And I and I mentioned in the intro about Las Vegas being wide open. It actually is wide open. Our governor has set May 1st to open up whatever is closed will open up then. Even some of the Cirque du Soleil acts are, are starting to um, uh, ramp up again. I saw some announcements yesterday that they're going to start performing in the next couple of weeks. Um, and And we have a big convention coming here in June, I believe, the first major convention. Uh, so yeah, Las Vegas is rebounding, and uh, I'm going to be curious to see how it plays out over the next couple of months, uh, you know, as COVID restrictions are starting to go away. Yeah, well, you recently got your second vaccine. Are you planning on going out and explore, go to the casinos, go to the shows, go to dinner? Uh, dinner, yes. I don't gamble, so that's not going to happen. Um, sorry, Vegas, but I will go to the shows. Uh, you know, I do go out to eat dinner. I mean, I've, I've actually been to, you know, I went to Hell's Kitchen uh, for my girlfriend's birthday this time last year. Gordon Ramsay. Oh, yeah. You know, my girlfriend's in love with her, some Gordon Ramsay. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, there are little things I started to do. Like I went to the gym today for the first time in a year. Um, so, you know, I'm starting to slowly let my guard down a little bit, but I always have a mask with me and I, I got like 25 masks. I don't know if anybody's accumulated masks during the COVID thing, but I have. (laughs) Well, not a bad, not a bad idea, my friends. So anyway, we've kept our, our guests waiting long enough, but before we get to that, let's do our typical housekeeping notes. The TripCast 360 podcast is available on our website at tripcast360.com or wherever you get your podcast. We are on every single platform imaginable. And if they ever come up with some new ones, we'll be on those too. So from Apple to Google to Spotify, you will find us there. 
Um, so please like, subscribe, follow, join, do all that good stuff that gets you uh, ingratiated to our platform. We have a lot of exciting things coming up uh, in, in the near future. Uh, we're in the process of building out a store on our platform. We still have our photo contest that we're working on. So these are all some things that uh, you should look forward to as uh, uh, frequent uh, visitors to our website. So uh, stay tuned for all those announcements. We'll be making them shortly. And Dave, why don't you tell them about uh, House to reach us? Well, yes, we are on social media. As Michael mentioned, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Follow us, like us, message us, and don't forget to tag us. And to begin receiving our newsletter, just go to our website, tripcast360.com, and sign up. And uh, just to let you know, we are more than a podcast. Our website is a unique consumer-friendly approach that provides you with the information you can use either to purchase products or just to have some good old fun hearing and reading about the traveler experiences. And I'm all excited about uh, our new sections. Uh, you can check out our 360 fun section and our 360 quick take section. I'm certain you'll return again and again for more captivating information. Yeah, that, that 360 fun section is just what it says. We're, we're looking for things like we, get, we have alcohol recipes in there, food recipes in there. It's designed to be fun and informative. So uh, we're going to expand that. Right now, there's three stories there, but we have big plans for that. And the quick take section is more the those news and entertainment stories that you get that are meant for quick consumption. You can read them in less than 30 seconds. It just gives you some general knowledge about entertainment or right. travel, of which we specialize in both. And Speaking of entertainment, one of the things we have not done a lot of yet, um, but we're getting ready to start doing is there's a natural synergy between entertainment and travel. Um, you know, movies are filmed everywhere. Music concerts are all over the world. Sporting events like the Olympics are all over the place. So we're going to start to infuse some of that into our coverage as well. So uh, have some fun with us and uh, we're looking forward to it. And now. Here she is. Our returning champion is <laughs> Catherine Parker Magyar. She's been every place we'd like to go. For frequent listeners of this podcast, you might remember Catherine's most recent appearance earlier this year when she took us on a journey to the Galapagos Islands. Her works have appeared in such vaunted publications as Architectural Digest and Forbes. And one of my favorite stories about Catherine is what the hell is a 14-month-old doing in the Arctic Circle? <laughs> um, we're not going to repeat that story. You just have to go back and listen to one of our podcasts to figure that one out. Uh, she's been on, I believe, six continents, 63 countries in all 50 states. And we can't wait for her to tell us about Hawaii, which she visited just before the uh, pandemic shut everything down. So her knowledge is very recent. Hey, Catherine, how are you feeling after you injured your leg dancing? I know. I feel great. I mean, after that introduction... I mean, I'm feeling accomplished, which is rare in a pandemic. Yeah, you know, I tore my ACL skiing, which like you could argue was sort of dancing in a sort of Arctic way. But yeah, but I'm fine now. I'm living. I've lived to tell the tale. Um, and I really wish I was in Hawaii. So, so excited to talk about it with you guys. And Michael, it's crazy to me. You have never been. I'm I'm still scratching my head because I'm the first person who would jump on a plane and go anywhere. Nothing's off limits to me except for maybe a war zone. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just surprised I've never gone. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a brain cramp. Well, you're, you might be going later this year though, right? So this is sort of a 
warm. Yeah. Well, uh, well, actually, yes, it is. It, it was one of the, I, I told my girlfriend I wanted to go someplace I have not been. And the obvious choice was Hawaii since it's five and a half hours from where I'm sitting right now. And yeah. it just made sense. I mean, my sister's been twice as well, in addition to my son having been there. Um, and my sister's trying to go back again to Hawaii. And I'm like, why in the hell have I never been? You'll get it. <laughs> if you move to the East Coast, you'll probably go to Hawaii. <laughs> you know there, there's some truth to that i mean you know I met, I met you in bermuda um you know and i was living in la and uh you know i was in costa rica a couple of years ago i think i think i always find myself going either to the caribbean or to europe and never the other way although i have been to fiji so um yeah i yeah. don't understand why i never got to hawaii Catherine, that's up to you to guide me along you like the journey. It feels it feels worth it to you if it took you longer to get there. I oh, love yeah. I love being in transit. There's a story, I guess I think it was in the New Yorker about people are missing liminal spaces. So there's like this whole Reddit thread that's pretty much just liminal spaces and it's like pictures of airport terminals and like the feeling of when you swam in a hotel pool and you're going back to your room and you can't find your key like it's almost, it's so relaxing to me being like, I'm on the move. So like, I feel like I don't have to do anything else. You know, right. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and with the internet nowadays, you can work from anywhere except for maybe Barbados. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, oh there, there goes your invite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. there, there goes your invite. Yeah, our guest yesterday <laughs> invited us down. She was a cook and she invited us down. And uh, after she's her a internet, chef. Yeah, she's a chef. And after her internet connection kept going out, I kept teasing her about it. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully the food is better than the internet connection. But, uh, <laughs> well, uh, Catherine, there are, there are six major islands to visit in Hawaii. I'm not going to pronounce the name, the names of all of them, because Michael laughs at me every time I. Mispronouncing, and, and so does the art. And, and so does the artificial intelligence software. I, to these. I, I, I have some Hawaiian words that I'm going to be saying and attempting to say. So I, I, I'm asking for the same forgiveness. <laughs> well, uh, each each island on its own has its own personality, adventures, activities, and sights. You have some. You have some expansive knowledge of these islands. How many times have you been there? So I've been to Hawaii three different times. I went first in the year 2000. I was 13 years old and I went with my mother to Oahu and Maui. And that was one of the, it's funny because Hawaii has been a sort of critical part of a lot of things in my life. And this may sound silly, but I was on this trip with my mom and I was a typical bratty. I was such a moody adolescent. I don't, I don't know how I survived, you know, my 13th year of life. And, but my mom was like, I was able to take, she was actually on a press trip herself because she was the, she was the president of the National Newspaper Association. So all the National Newspaper Association was going to Maui that year. And I was, I was obsessed with whales. I have been obsessed with whales since I was a very little kid. Like one of my, one of my second grade teachers, like impressed upon me how large a blue whale was because it was like, you could, it spanned the length of the school. You could walk under a blue whale. And then from then on, I was just obsessed. And so she was like, well, we'll go whale watching. So I'm down there. We're staying at the Four Seasons, recommended. We'll get into where to stay. And we go out whale watching on like maybe the third day. And the girls working on the boat, I still think that there may be like lives that 
they were the coolest, prettiest girls who were living their lives on a boat in Maui. And I just remember just being like, this is an ideal that I don't know if I'll ever be able to get. So we're out at sea and there are humpback whales that we see somewhat sort of in the distance. I'm thrilled. My mom is like, they knew mm-hmm. you were coming. And in my head, I'm like, they, di- they didn't know it was coming. Two of these whales come right up to our boat and play with our boat. Like people were able to touch them. They stayed with our boat for two hours, the point where like other boats were the legal limit away. And it was the most profound experience. One of uh, one of the most profound experiences I've ever had in my life, like looking in because that was just so rare and it was so rare, but also something that just happens in Hawaii. But I just like that was probably the favorite trip, one of the favorite trips I ever took. And the first time I traveled alone with my mom. And since then, I've taken her on a press trip, which has been funny. (laughs) <laughs> and the second time I went to Kauai was I had just started writing. I just started doing some travel writing, but I was mainly writing about like culture and politics. And I'm happy I didn't write about politics during the Trump years, but other stuff. And I did travel for pretty much for smaller blogs and luggage companies. And I got an email. And this is a time as a freelance writer, you don't get many emails that are not your editors or your friends. An email being like, lunch with the Kauai like tourism bureau at this David Chang restaurant. Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, what? Of course, of course I'll go to this lunch, you know? And I was telling people making a big deal. I'm like, I have a business meeting. I go to lunch. I'm a little bit late because we're in New York. And I'm like, oh God, I walk in and it's like the, this room has been transformed into Kauai. There are everyone, there's like probably six Hawaiians in the room. And then maybe seven other journalists who I think probably like just looked bored. Do you know what I mean? They, I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. I sit there and they're talking about Kauai and like, I'm like, I need to go. And in my head, I'm like, I just became a writer. I'll probably not be able to go for another five years because I'm not making an income anymore. We're chattering mm-hmm. around. And they were like, I told them about my experience in Maui. And then this girl, Julie Tabit's having her out, looks at me and she goes, who was on the boat with you? And I was like, I don't know if she was, she was blonde. She was like, what year was it? She was like, oh, that's so-and-so's kid. I'm like, wait, but you didn't grow up in Maui. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we all know it's called the coconut wireless. Like we all like know each other. And like every island has like a different reputation. So, and long story short, we drink my ties for like two hours. I hear all the Hawaiian gossip. I leave. I'm like, that's wonderful. You know, I need to go to Kauai one day. And this other writer says to me, oh, we should, we need to like get on a, on a trip there. And I was like, what are you? No, that's, that's not going to, I was like, I can't afford to go on a trip there. And I get an email and this is like pretty much a Cinderella story for travel writing. I get an email two weeks later. That's like Catherine, like, like fan visit to Hawaii. And I didn't know what it was. So I didn't answer it. And then I got a follow-up that was like, hi, Catherine, like we would love to invite you to the Island of Kauai to experience it from like adventure, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and it, I, and I was like, oh my God, like, Cause I'd heard about this where people travel and then they write about it, but I had never, I had never gone on when they were like, okay, like what stories will you be able to do in advance? And like, I didn't have any national publications to my name under travel. I couldn't confirm mm-hmm. anything. I was like, I promise you, I will write about it. Like, but I can't like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they took me anyway, which is insane because Hawaii is very, very strict about that because they don't want to end up with people who want to be on a honeymoon. On that trip, I made fr- I met who would one person would become my future editor, another person who connected me with another future editor. And on that, it was one of the best. We'll get into it, but 
from that trip, I said, this is also mystical already. I really bonded with this goat. I'm not going to go further into it. With Kauai, our souls connected. <laughs> and then <laughs> I was at a Switzerland lunch and there, there was a goat yoga discussion a week after my trip. Everyone is rushing the Picasso Museum and the luxury hotels and I'm singling out this goat yoga woman. And it was like, I've got to talk about this. I was like, I myself personally met a goat that I would give my life for. <laughs> she was like living this life and she quit her job and started this thing. And from that was my second trip ever to Switzerland. And I told Julie and Sheree and, and Sue, and they were like, it's, they were like, it's because it's a connection. Like now, whenever anything good happens to me, or if I do something well, Julie's like, I found you. And she did. She'd read one of my stories online, went to my website, was like, I like her energy. She seems cool and just took a chance on me. With each island having its own unique personality, what makes Kauai different from the other islands? Okay, yes, I can do this in a way that I think is like quick and easy. Kauai, in my opinion, Kauai for me would be like more of the... um adventure islands so adventure and nature the big islands i would say mainly for nature the big islands which is called the island of hawaii but it's called the big islands because if you combined all the other islands and doubled it doubled that landmass it'd still be smaller than the big islands so i would say Kauai is adventure big island is nature um maui is like the beverly hills of the hawaiian islands that's more luxury i say oahu is the new york city of the Hawaiian islands, which is like, it's obviously not similar to New York, but that's like nightlife and like these amazing art galleries. And then Lanai, which is, is like romance. I was in Lanai without, like, I was like with some friends who I really, who I very much love, but I was like, um, it is like very much, it's a very romantic getaway. And then lastly, I would say Molokai is where, is really where you want to go for culture because that is the island that has that has, um, you know, it's not as influenced or impacted by the tourism industry. So people like to say, okay, well, Molokai is almost the real Hawaii and Molokai I've not been to. So I can go into all of the other islands and I can let you know, like where to stay in Molokai. But it's also usually the last island people do sometimes do visit because it's not as well known, but it looks spectacularly beautiful. But I would say if you're going to Hawaii for the first time, in my personal opinion, and this is feels like choosing between, honestly choosing between siblings because I love all of them, but I would do a lot. I think it's important to spend like a night or two in Honolulu if you can. I would go to Kauai though, because I think in my, I think Kauai is one of the most beautiful places in the world mm-hmm. and all of Hawaii is beautiful. But what makes Kauai so unique compared to all of the other islands is that it's like so much more untouched and the parts of the big island are untouched too, but like Kauai is, if you can picture like all of the greens of Ireland exploded on top of one another. And then there are these insane mountains that I guess look, look more like shapely Andes, you know, like when you look at like the green Mm. or like the, if the pitons in St. Lucia, if they were stacked on top of each other, I'm telling you, I had a religious moment when I sailed out to the Nepali coast and I saw those mountains and I felt so profoundly grateful and I just so happy to be alive. And I was like, I'm here, but I just had a moment of fully being present where I'm like, I'm so lucky that I'm on this boat right now. And I'm writing a story about this amazing place. And I'm surrounded by people that I love the people here. I love the energy here. And I had that feeling 
And it's funny because I was sharing that then with my, um, with our, our Hawaiian hosts who are amazing. And they were like, oh, well, you get it. You know what I mean? Because you mm-hmm. get what it's all about. But there's a saying like Ohana, which is pretty much like you're living with nature. Like it's sort of a way, it's sort of a way of interconnected life. Like there are Ohana families pretty much in Hawaii. You can share ancestors. Like there's your immediate family. But then you also, there's a recognition that those close friends that you have are the people that you that you knew really well growing up, or that they're your family too. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just said, like, I think landscape really impacts personality. And I believe that if I was born and raised in Hawaii, that I would be a, a much more spiritual person than I am. I love New Jersey and I love the character it's given me. And I'm grateful for Bruce Springsteen as my personal guru. But I'm telling you, like, there's something about being in that, such a beautiful place like that and the it's amazing. It's Hawaii is the most remote place on the planet. And that always shocks people because people will think I oh, was in the Galapagos or isn't it somewhere. Hawaii is further from everywhere, from anywhere else. It's been anywhere else in the world. And people sort of forget that because it's so popular. But when you, when you're there, it does feel like you're in a separate universe. And Hawaii has, I, I think a great mix of sort of the sort of raw beauty and that there's a lot of pride with Hawaii because it, during the invasion, it was never conquered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the American land grab, which JFK actually apologized, apologized for, but I mean, was pretty brutal. But, and there was like, well, we'll go into the Hawaiian royal family later because the big island claims it as well, that they have the, that they have a royal coast. But it's a mixture of like feeling like you're in the perfect place as a vacationer because there are these amazing resorts and places to stay. But then you're also witnessing like, a, a way of life that is just sort of preserved by its surroundings. You know, that it's not overly built up anywhere. You can be on any, you can be going through like a rainforest that looks like Jurassic Park and then go under this tunnel of trees and you, it's breathtaking. I would go to Kauai. Beautiful, and then, beautiful. Uh, okay. T- 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 tell me what there is to do there. I- I'm assuming that there's lots of kayaking and outdoor nature stuff based on your description of the island itself. Yes. So the reason I said it was an adventure island is because like, there's a lot of adventure. Like I think that Hawaii, because it is such an enticing place to lie by the beach, people will do Hawaii and they'll lump it in with like other destinations that they also will claim, Oh, like that's just a beach vacation. But there's so much more to Hawaii than like newlyweds. And like, you know what I mean? Sitting by the beach with a cocktail, like in Hawaii, what you can really do is like, the ATVing that we did with Kauai ATV tours. Literally, like, and I actually rewatched Jurassic Park recently. I highly suggest it. You feel like that's where they filmed Jurassic Park. And we were, sometimes, you know, when you do these sort of activities, you're like, oh, I'm too monitored. Like, sometimes I'll go horseback riding. I'll be like, this is a trail ride, you know? We were out there on these ATVs. Like, I was, like, covered. I had to, like, covered in mud, you know? Like, just going through because it rains all the time. So you just go through these like patches of like insane rain. And then it's just like a rainbow every five seconds. And then Maui's the best for whale watching, but sailing and boating in Kauai is like high, highly recommended. Like I know people love helicopter tours and I do too, but I have to say small planes and helicopters make me fall asleep sometimes. Like and sailing to the Nepali coast takes, it's like, a, it's a full day. Wear sunblock. I was like, I'm not tan enough. It was the last day. <laughs> and I feel, but 
it's amazing. It's like a five hour. We went with Hawaii Sea Tours, which I really recommend. I recommend like the places that I that I um, did were like Hawaii TV Tours, Hawaii Sea Tours, the Skyline Eco Adventures. I think it's, it's so important when you're traveling to be with locals, the local hosts who are going to give you contacts, who are going to explain everything to you. Like I've never understood someone who's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go there and I'm just going to like, yeah, I'm going to explore. I'm going to feel it out. And I'm like, but you're going to be, you're not exploring. You're going to be on a tourist like circuit and you don't see, I feel like you don't understand the place until you get like the context. So, and then beyond that, like horseback riding is huge there. It's not as much of the surfing destination, but I mean, it's, I mean, the um, dirt roads in Waimea Canyon are called like the Grand Canyon of the Pacific. Like it's just, I feel like I'm waxing poetic about Kauai, but I'm telling you that once you go to Kauai, if you like any other place, you'll compare it to Kauai. And honestly, like I go to Jackson Hole a lot um, in the winters and summers. And Jackson Hole, in my opinion, is like the most beautiful place in the um, continental US. Guess where they vacation? Kauai. And people in Kauai vacation. And I'm like, that makes so much sense to me because it's so untouched and so rugged. So yeah, I hope I sold you. Stay at Aqua Kauai Beach Resort. It's more boutique-y. Get to the sunrise at Poifu Bay, Poifu Bay Beach. And then if you like a larger resort, though, the Grand Hyatt Kauai, and I usually actually don't like any resorts that are too big, is beautiful and indoor-outdoor and like really open air and close to downtown. So even though it's like, like a larger hotel, you also feel like you're having your own sort of little experience because... I mean, we would have breakfast and then there'd just be like birds just coming in next to you. Like, I can't even, I'm, I'm, I miss it so much. It was my first trip I ever took as a writer. So it'll always be such a special place to me. And it feels like, I can't, I can't believe like it was my first trip ever. And it wasn't like to Cincinnati, no offense. It was to Kauai. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, (laughs) think about that. (laughs) And and I've, I've written about Kauai. I have when I've I've written about Kauai like 23 times. I found I found a way to write about it. It's just I, it's amazing. But we, I've talked to you about the other ones too, because they're great too. Already you have convinced Michael that there's much more to Hawaii than Hawaii 5 0. Yes. You forgot li- li- living here in Las Vegas, this is Hawaii East. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, there, there's a lot of Hawaiians who live here, and they, and they always tell me that the reason they moved here is because of the cost of living. They can't afford to live in their own oh, home yeah. country, so they come here. My mom, before my mom passed away, uh, one of the ladies who cared for her was Hawaiian, and she just waxed poetic about Hawaii. She went back two or three times a year, but even that was a stretch for her um, yeah. because of the cost of you know living there. So yeah, they all moved here. So I have a lot of Hawaiian friends because of that. But they um, call Las Vegas, Nevada, the Seventh Islands. And yes. there are a lot of Hawaiians, actually, this is interesting. A lot of Hawaiians in Alaska, too, and in Seattle. But it, it's interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, well, I also did Hawaii and Alaska sort of close together. But the whole issue with people who, with the tourism industry, ending up pricing out people who live there or people who even work in the industry is something that really needs to be rectified, like, across. Because it's such a hard balance because tourism provides lifestyle and sustainability for so many places and people, but at the same time, it can also strip away and there needs to be a way to, I feel like being an ethical traveler isn't just like being eco, but also being like culturally respectful in a way that you're traveling in a way that can preserve local communities, which you can do. And I feel like that's always sort of a harder balance when you're in a place like Hawaii, where it's like, it's exorbitantly expensive because you've got Oprah 
you have Mark Zuckerberg, who is the villain of all time, and he owns, he is trying to buy out all of his neighbors on no. this coast, on this Hawaiian coast. It is so bad. Vanity wow. Fair wrote about it. And it's a big issue because he has so much money and he is trying to buy, to buy out like his neighbors and they're putting up like a fight about it. And he trying to turn like the previously public beach private. He's taking up all this land that was shared by people just to, he's ruining the world. Yeah. I, so I, I'm, so, I'm sorry, but I'm going to be real frank here. I hate that shit. Um, um, no, <laughs> that too. drives me crazy. You know, that the world is not meant for you to turn around and take over and stop other people from enjoying the same vistas and views and scenery and culture. It's not, it, it, it's no, but you're not enjoying the culture there. Like for me, like Hawaii is like a huge part of why I love Hawaii is Hawaiians. Like I want to be around the people around Hawaiian people because it is like the culture there is amazing. The food is great. The art is amazing. People are really nice. And there is a whole other like outlook on life that I feel like is that is like traditional, like sort of Hawaiian, like spirituality, but also just like, I know there are all these, I wish that I had more of these examples now, but like, you can't walk into someone's house. They will feed you. Like, do you know what I mean? They're just yeah. like, it's just so aggressively open and friendly. And I was really lucky. Julie Tab- Tabahero and Sheree Kativas were my, um, you know, and they're like around my age, everyone, it, it was a bunch of, you know, girls, women, I guess, young women, all the same age. Um, about 10 of us. And it was like mainly Hawaiians and then a couple, couple of us from the East coast. And I felt like I just got it such a different understanding of, of the place than I would have otherwise. You know what I mean? Because a, a beach is a beach is yeah. a beach. If it's just you and your terrible app ruining the world alone, you know, I wouldn't want to be a strand. I wouldn't, if I could, I wouldn't buy the Island of Hawaii and evict other people from it. Cause then it loses its magic. Right. That's I'm I'm sorry that 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 Zuckerberg thing just uh, it rankles my feathers anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I I have a couple Hawaii generic questions to ask you. Um, how easy is it to get from one island to the next? If somebody's like, for example, we're going to talk about the Beverly Hills connection to Maui <laughs> that you use in your analogy momentarily because that's where my girlfriend wants to go. But how easy is is it to get from one island to the next because they're not like right next door to each other. So I find it quite easy because here's the thing. I love Hawaiian air and they're really, they sort of, um, in my opinion, they crush it. Cause I'm flying from, from New York. So when I, when I went to, um, Kauai, it was just so seamless. You know, you're on that beautiful flight, you land, and then you're in Hawaii. Like it's the airport, but like scatter my ashes at the airport in Honolulu. Honestly, there's like, you know, there are verandas and gardens. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm on vacation right now and I'm in a terminal. You just, and then you go, you order a Mai Tai and then you hop on a, and Kauai is the furthest away. You hop on a 20, 30, 20 minute flight. So it's just adding on it. It's more, it's more if you want to go to Kauai's further. So if you want to do that, then you just need to look at how they scheduled the flights. But they, they, there is a swell, the hospital, the tourism industry in Hawaii and the hospitality service there is like, they take a lot of pride in it and as well they should. It is, it is seamless, seamless. And also it's not just seamless though. It's also really conscientious. Like you can't go to Kauai by boat because if say you're on the boat and some insect is on you from Maui or excuse me, you probably coming from Oahu that can upset the ecosystem. So Kauai in and out is plain only. Um, Maui is very easy to get to from, I mean, Maui's the others like Maui and Oahu. The big Island is known for being more remote, but I went 
I spent in 2019, I spent about three weeks. I bopped around from, I went Oahu. I went, okay, what did I, hold up, hold up. Where did I go? I went Oahu, Lanai, Maui, Oahu, Big Island, Island of Hawaii, back to, back to Oahu. So I went to about like eight different islands in three weeks. Very chill, very easy. Like the flights are short. It's not a big deal. Um, I will say though, I guess like if you're doing, I think that it makes sense to island hop if you want to sort of get a sense of, if you have an idea of like, if I think it makes sense for me personally, if you're like, I want to go into Oahu and like experience Honolulu and Diamond Head, but then I'm either, then I'm going to go and, and then I want to do a beach stay maybe on like the Wailea coast in Maui. And then from there, I want to go up to North Shore of Hawaii. Yeah. It's not, the flights are so fast. Like it doesn't even take up. You're there the same morning. Um, okay. Lanai was harder to get to, but in 2018, Lanai Air opened like a direct flight to Honolulu from Honolulu to Lanai. So that's been a huge game changer um, as well. Okay. So the farthest one out is Kauai. It's the furthest away from the others. It's the most north. It's the northernmost. It's the northernmost. But okay. let me make sure because I think the big that the that, um, the island of Hawaii um, could be a little big island is maybe slightly further away. I'm just gonna check right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I was just curious. I mean, it's for me like, and uh, you know, when I go to Hawaii for the first time later on this year, I'm not going to be able to do a bunch of island hopping. Part of this is meant to relax too, so I don't want to do that. But I do want to experience more culture than just going to Maui. And don't get me wrong, I understand Maui's gorgeous, but I want to see something else. You've got me intrigued by Kauai now. Yes. Well, I I feel bad because I almost feel like I took up too much time on Kauai. I'm not, I think the Big Island actually, just from my recollection, might be further away because I think it was maybe a 40 minute flight. So potentially that's further. Kauai is more, feels more remote, but it's the most Northern. Um, Yeah. I think that the thing is, is I was in Hawaii, I think for like maybe 10 days total, 11 days total. And I went to, I went to three different islands and I felt like I was like, in it, experiencing it. And that was a takeaway for me too. When it's like, particularly, I don't, I like to explore. I get antsy if I'm just on the beach too much or in one spot too, too much. And like, I feel like if the Caribbean had this option, I would be recommending doing this. You know, unfortunately like the Caribbean, they don't have that same infrastructure with the inter-islands um, airport, right. but hopefully that is going to be developed by Honestly, I, I'm rooting for Tropic Air. They've returned my bags, but I also like intricate. <laughs> but Hawaiian Air is pretty spectacular. And it's not like I enjoy flying in general, but it's super easy. And each island, as I was mentioning, is so distinct. Like people are like, I'm going to Hawaii. I'm like, cool. Like where? Where? And sometimes they won't even people go, oh, I don't. I'm like, but that's a huge question because where you're staying is they're very different from one another. Um I know you mentioned we were talking about Maui, but Maui, I mean, that was, I stayed at the Four Seasons the first time. And I stayed at the Hotel Wailea, which is a Relay and Chateau Resort. Oh my God. Like highly, highly recommend both. It is super luxurious, but it's also like chic in a way that I would describe as being like almost Santa Monica-esque at its best. Oh, wow. Like there's the Maui Tropical Gardens, which are like this insane, it's like farm to table and everything is homegrown. And there's just like, there are rainbows and flowers everywhere. I can't even get over it, but there's a cool, even though Maui people are like, Oh, something tourist. 
but it's almost like an Aspen where it's like, but there's actually a really, really cool local community of people, of people there that are like, and a lot of young people too, sort of opening up these new restaurants and bars that are just like honoring and honoring like tradition, but also like putting its own, putting a young, fresh take on things. Like, I don't know. I enjoy a drink outside and I like to have a dinner. I like to have dinner with the bands playing somewhat nearby. So what, if I feel inclined after dinner to have another drink and dance, it's all there. And <laughs> they really, the nightlife is fun. Yeah, so, you, you told us you injured that leg skiing. I think you injured that leg dancing. <laughs> yeah, I think Maui, I liked Lanai and I don't want to diss on Lanai at all. I don't like picking, but I think that if you're looking for luxury, like uber, uber luxury, you're looking at Maui and Lanai, um, mm-hmm. if that's your goal. I think that Maui is better for people who are doing, who aren't traveling necessarily with, with this significant other or people who are, but are like, I don't want to be with you as aggressively as I'm about <laughs> to be with you. <laughs> but Lanai is a private island, actually. It's like one of the largest privately owned. I don't know how this works out with the government, but Larry Ellison owns it. But oh, no. all the goats, <laughs> well, actually, here's what's interesting. The island of Lanai was like destroyed by goats. Like pretty much it's a desert. Like pictures of me on Lanai look like I'm in Jordan in parts of it because it's orange sands. And since Larry Ellison has been like, he's been actually been really instrumental and helpful with like restoring the islands and like providing like more like employment opportunities across the islands around the four seasons Lanai, which is the platonic ideal of a romance. It's, it's amazing. I have multiple friends who went on their honeymoon there and I understand why. So Lanai is cool because it's like, on one hand, you're having this ultra premium luxury, luxury, luxury vacation. But on the other hand, I feel like I got more of a sense into like how, how it would be to be a local in Lanai than anywhere else. Because, you know, you go horseback riding, you're going to go sailing and there's really the people that you meet that everyone knows each other. It's almost like one big little village. And when you're staying at the resort, they, you're in it. You know what I mean? I don't know if I described that well. So. I just, I would rather be in Maui just because I, I want, I like being able to go more places around the island, you know? Yeah. I read where, um, Oahu, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, O-A-H-U. Got it right. You said that. Ah, there you go. I'm I'm getting better. But I, I read where, um, out of the 9 million plus visitors that visit Hawaii every year, about two thirds of those go to uh, Oahu. What is what is so special or what is so unique about about that island that uh, it attracts so many tourists? Well, before aside from the obvious, which is you land there, and that is where you're going to land in Honolulu. I think okay. that the reason Oahu. I'm teasing. I think the reason Oahu is what it is is because Honolulu is that. That is the big. That is the big city on in mm-hmm. that in the Hawaiian Islands, and just as like New York City, I think is like such a fantastic place. Is because there's when you're going to have like an explosion of culture and interesting. When you have a mix of people who've moved there, the people I met, I've met who've moved to Hawaii, I'm like, you did something right. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like the one place where you're like, oh, maybe this is going to be on a whim, but it seems like if you unfortunately difficult to live there, but if you can live there, there's like. A flourishing community. And I interviewed Zach Noyes, who is um, one of the most renowned surf photographers in the world. And he is based out of Honolulu. 
And he was telling me about how, like, you know, the creative community here in, in Honolulu, in Oahu is just insanely inspiring. The landscape's beautiful. I stayed in um, Waikiki. I stayed in, what was it? Like Waikiki Beachcomber, which is an outrigger resort. And it was like two blocks from the Waikiki beach. And yeah, like, it's like, people are like, oh, it's touristy. I'm like, yeah, but like, it's touristy in the way that like, I, well, there's no good New York example because Times Square is gross. But I'm like, it's touristy in the way that like, (laughs) it's right. It's perfectly right. Like there are surfers, like I'm sure you see those images from Hawaii where it's like a hundred surfboards on the beach. It's true. A million surfboards. You can walk everywhere. I had learned to surf in Barbados and I was coming in to it with, in Waikiki. This was a really crucial moment for me surfing in Hawaii because I was like, if I can surf here, then I can do it. And I went to Faith Sunday Surf, surf School everyone should go surfing in Hawaii. And those, that beach is so famous and it's got the skies. It's almost like Miami. It's got the skyscrapers near the beach, but like those waves are like your mother gently bringing you to shore. Like, it's like, honestly, like that you, you can catch a wave. I'm telling you in Hawaii, like it was just beautiful and that. And like, just, I, I had a, I made a friend in Nepal who was visiting Nepal at the same time as I was and she, Louise, and she took me out in Honolulu and it was fun. And like, mm. So that's the downtown, but then Diamond Head is like nuts. Like that is like when people think of Hawaii and they think of like that huge cliff, that huge green cliff, that's what Diamond Head is. And the trail hike to Diamond Head is supposed supposed to be one of the most beautiful hikes in the world. So you can do a mixture where you can go and have this like crazy, like outdoor adventure, but then you also get to like be in the city. I mean, my grandfather went to school in Oahu. He went to the Punahou school in Honolulu as did, as did Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And like, yeah, I think that Oahu is, I think that it's, it's very much like a sort of a hub of a hub of culture and commerce. Like a lot of people, if they're born and raised in Malachi, then I, people will, it's like being from New Jersey and moving into New York city when you're 21, you know? So even Mm -hmm. though it's like, it's like a city, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's very cool. I really enjoyed it because I felt like it was a faster change of pace, which I also like sometimes, you know, like it was great having a couple of days in Oahu and, you mm-hmm. know, there's some traffic, but it's still like not much, but you know, the, the streets are teeming, which I'm excited to see post COVID, but it's just a totally different experience. Like I, there are art galleries that you can just go explore and like the other islands, there are definitely downtown areas, but there isn't like that much concentrated, like activity and mark and local markets. So that's why I think it is. And I think also Hawaii is like such a, I think it's an emotional place for people because people fall in love. So if they go to one place and they love it, they're not going to leave it. Like I have right. friends who've gone to one, the big island is split between Kona and Hilo. And I have friends who've gone to like one side of the island and never even left for the other. And they've gone every, I'm like, you can go. And they're like, but I'm, I'm in bliss. So I think there's loyalty. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think too that the overglorification of Honolulu is real because that's where Pearl Harbor is. Um, I mean, how many how many movies have we seen featuring you know Pearl Harbor and the uh, the USS Arizona and the you know the attack uh, on December seventh? Mm-hmm. So I think between that and of course you know you've got a couple of famous TV series that are all based in Honolulu. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, if you want to surf and party, then like that's it. Like you know what I mean? You can definitely do it on the on other islands too. But like, I don't know when I think about like a surfer, a surf, like someone living, I, I guess they could be in Maui as well, but 
Well, Oahu well, is everything you could dream of. The North Shore surfing there is crazy, and it's such a scene. Is the North it's Shore where all those humongous waves are? Yes, I can't. You know, I can't surf that. But I'm telling you, I was, I was in like I caught every single. I caught every wave on it. I loved that my surf instructor, who I'm obsessed with, he was so encouraging and so nice to me. And he was like, yeah, like you just got to feel the rhythm, feel He's like next year, you know, you'll come back and I'll take you up to the, I'll take you up to the real waves. And like, how's taller that they're like, they, what's crazy is not just how big they are, but how consistent they are. My issue when I'm, I'm like, you have to recover for each wave you don't catch. So if you're out there, you're getting pounded. <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh my God. It's very cool. And like surfing is like a huge, a huge thing. Like it was invented in Hawaii. In Hawaii. It was like a royal sport. Like the outrigger canoes are definitely something you should also do because that's a huge Hawaiian tradition. But surfing is the Nash is the is the sport of Hawaii. California mm-hmm. tries to claim that they invented surfing, but we know it's not true. And Hawaii gets very upset by that. You have other things, California, get over it. So, like, I would say when you go to Hawaii, take a surf lesson. Like, even if you don't get up on the board, like just there are certain things you should do in, in the outrigger canoe, go to the local market. Oh my God, like go to the local market and get poke bowls. Oh my God, I wish I was there. Well, we're, we're, we're actually going to go to Cumberbatch Beach because that's where he learned how to serve. Really? <laughs> yeah, Dave, you know, Dave is an expert, man. I've watched him wipe out more times than I can count. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I got, I, I became too confident after that. I went up to Canada to write about surfing in the wintertime Ooh. in Tofino, which is like one of the best surf spots in the country. I was in a wetsuit and I could not get up on the board. And I was like, I just need to be in Hawaii, you know, yeah. but that wow. was like, take me back to Honolulu. Let's talk about the food. Is there a traditional dish or does it vary from island to island since, since each island is so different? Yeah, no, there are. So it varies a little bit from island to island. Um, but I would say that you're going to find staples in terms of like, and this is going to sound obvious, but like the fruit and the seafood mm. are like, that is just going to be like the seafood there. Po- so I don't know if people are familiar um, with poke bowl, with poke bowls. Um, mm-hmm. But basically it's like, it's like raw fish, which doesn't sound very good. <laughs> um, just sushi. It's like sushi. It's like if all the sushi that's like in the middle of rice was just like freed from its rice prison and put in a bowl and mixed together with like, with like some seasoning, but it's very like, you feel healthy eating it and it is so delicious. I'm sorry. It's like, I haven't smoked crack, but like, I feel like it would, that's, I, like that was, that was heaven. And I think the difference is that all the food is like super, super fresh because actually I have actually something that I do want to, that I did want to mention anyway later, but on the big Island, there is the chef. His name is Brian Harata and he started, oh my God, now Hilo, N-A, parenthesis A, Hilo. And basically it's this pop-up dining experience that takes place across the Island of Hawaii where he's like an unbelievable chef, like, like famous. And he is dedicated to like restoring traditional, the tradition of traditional Hawaiian dishes. So we were out there picking berries with him in the morning. You know, I foraged, I found the food that we ended up eating. And yeah, I would say 
yeah, there's, it's very interesting because there's a mixture of like a lot of Japanese influence mixed with Californian. And I feel like if California, if California freshness, not like the overproduced green juices, but like actual, like good California, like vegetable stuff was mixed with Japanese, with like sashimi, that's where you're going to end up in the middle. And then the Mai Tais are so good. And it's nice because like, I love Caribbean food so much, but like after too many, like crying too much cracked conch and like, I, I feel a little bit like sick That's sometimes. the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> but, which I love, but like Hawaiian food is, is really clean is what I would say. And then they have, um, oh my God, poke bowl. And then you need to get shave ice, shave ice. Like I was not interested because I was like, I like. I like things that are bad for me. And if you're going to purport to be like a dessert, that's good for me. I'm not interested. <laughs> Shave ice is delicious. And it comes in all these different varieties. It's, it's flavored, right? It's flavored, mm-hmm. different flavors, but it's like, there's this, I don't know quite how they create it. It's like, there's, I'm like, they, there's like a special syrup that goes into it. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it tastes, it's, it's unreal, but you can get ones like the shave ice I was eating was crazy. It's like 18 million toppings, the size of my head. And like, <laughs> I cute, but like, I would just like finish literally all of it. Mm. Okay. Now, now I know what to eat. You said the Mai Tais are great. Any other killer drinks they have over there? I mean, for me, like I was just like inhaling Mai Tais pretty much at every moment, but like daiquiris, like there's pina coladas, like they, they crush that. What I think is interesting is that there is the tropical cocktails that's been perfected. And like, there are a lot of places like the, like the culinary scene in Hawaii, like poke is now popular in the States. Like you can get a poke bowl, but it was, it came from Hawaii, like Hawaiian cuisine, just like the cuisine, like Crucian cuisine and, and St. Croix is like having a big moment. I, Hawaiian cuisine is like really, because a lot of its ethos of like eating healthily, but also like deliciously like fresh ingredients and like it's spreading across the world. But there's also the Maui Brewing Company talking about what to drink that, I found to be like very delicious and that's like local beers. And then also, oh my goodness, this plantation in Kauai, the sugar, it's it's not very good, but it it was like a sugar plantation, but turned into, they they have like an on-site rum situation. I'm going to send you the link of what it's called because I would not be able to pronounce it, but I did a rum tasting there at 10 Mm a.m. But At at 10 a.m.? It was part of my job. I mean, yeah, well, so they... Oh, that was a, that's a tough job, you know? <laughs> I know. Well, here's the thing is, usually they were like, do you want to sample this? And, you know, it's all like homegrown. It's just, I was like astounded by how good it was. And I was just drinking rum straight. And then I went and like lied down outside and looked at the sun. And <laughs> it was like... I- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, tell me something, because I don't think a lot of people understand. Tell us a little bit about Hawaiian weather. Because, you know, like uh, uh, the two volcanoes, uh, Kilauea and Mauna Loa, they have snow on top of them. And yeah. people, I don't think people understand that Hawaii does get cold, especially at 14,000 foot elevations. But there's also the, the, the wet side of the island versus the dry side of the islands. And each one of them has something a little bit different. What was your experience with Hawaiian weather? You know, I'm going to talk about the big, the big island for this because that has like where you go, yeah, people can make the mistake of being like, oh, I'm, it's going to be warm the whole time. It's not. It's cold. It's cold. It's very cold in, at night by the end of the night. And it's cold in the morning and it gets really hot. But 
in the big island, half of the island, like part of it is Kona, which is like the Western side. It's super sunny. It's volcanic, like that famous, like Hawaii, like the, um, the volcanoes national park there is like sort of iconic. And it's where you've got like a lot of the black sheet rock and really gorgeous hot. Then the other, if you just drive 45 minutes away and you're in Hilo and now you're in a tropical rainforest. So it's going to, if you're going to go out to one of these, if you're going to Kauai, if you're going to the big Island, I, honestly, if you're going to Maui, because Maui is like a huge, or Molokai, pretty much Lanai, I think has more stable weather because it is, because it's smart and there's, because it's the same, um, how do I say it? it's ecosystem <laughs> across the Island. Do you know what I mean? But the others, if you're venturing around, it's going to get, you're, it's going to get cold. You're, you're going to get wet. But I, the best time, I think my favorite time to visit a little bit is during the whale watching season, which is when, which is between December and March. So I've been there. I've been to Hawaii during the time when it would be the coldest and it, you're still on the beach. It's still hot, but I sort of feel like it's almost like going to the Caribbean in the summer. It's like mm-hmm. you're going to a tropical place in the wet season is how I view Hawaii. Like in Kauai, it, it rains every day, but it doesn't mm-hmm. stay. And yeah, and you because there are these because Hawaii, the Canary Islands and the Galapagos Islands are the three like volcanic um, island structures that it was a big explosion. And that's why you have these like massive mountains. And yeah, it does make it for more unpredictable weather, but that is why Hawaii is famous for all of its rainbows. Like if you think of Hawaii, there's so many rainbows that people associate with it. I probably saw four rainbows a day in Kauai because it rains that often and it gets sunny that often. Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, rainbows, rainbows. So the big island, that's where the university is, right? Yes. And so the big island is, well, the, or the island of Hawaii. That is, I feel more of a hidden gem, just like I feel like, like Kauai. I feel like Kauai and the big island are, are somewhat hidden gems just because I feel people think Oahu, people think Maui. Um, and it's huge. Like it's, you're really like, I feel like on the other islands, it's sort of, you can still do it in a day. Like it is the biggest Island. And it also like has a lot of pockets of it that I was told that like Molokai, the Molokai and the big Island are somewhat similar because there, it's not because there are a lot of people who live there who don't work in the tourism industry. It's not as centered around tourism, but also I feel that the big islands and Kauai are very spiritually similar because they're the most like wildly like beautiful nature adventure everything what i really liked about the big island partially are the people that i met when i was there like you'll see like if you're staying in kona which i love like the fairmont orchid and i just said how i don't love um usually larger hotels but fairmont it's like one of my like favorites they have a it is so beautiful it's great big island is one of the most beautiful places in hawaii like it's, it's very open in a way that a lot of these other islands aren't just because, you know, they're more vertical and they're big island. It's like, you can drive for, for a while. And like, it's, there's something just so stark and gorgeous about like the sort of harsh landscape, volcanic landscape against like these bright green palm trees and then this glistening blue. It's insane. The blue sea. And there's like the, a lot of, you don't have to look far for cold for, if you want to have like a culturally immersive experience even though I think Oahu can be that I've had friends who've gone or like they've done trips and they're like, Oh, like I wanted to have a time like you did, but it was harder to find whatever. I think it's easier someone to find in the big islands, you know, cause you can get sort of stuck in like a really tourist trap easily, but 
it's not that touristy. And they have like a cultural director, even at the resort who like walks you through like the history of like the trees, which would sound not that interesting. Like the luau, for example, like that, like every of these dances, these moves tell a story. Do you know what I mean? Like you just learn so much about, you learn the, the meaning behind a lot of like the symbols you associate with Hawaii. And Kona is like a lush forest landscape. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of how I would describe this the best way because Kauai really was like wild, Jurassic Park, crazy beauty. But the big island felt I could be a Hawaiian. I could live here. Do you know what I mean? And right. it was when people were protesting because they're putting the, the microscope atop like a very holy place on the big islands, which is really sad. And so people were camped out and it became like a huge issue for the local community because even though it is a beautiful place, it's very much a home. And like a lot of people who live on the big island, never, never leave. Or it's like, oh, once you move to the big island, oh, I'm just going to be here for a bit. You never end up wanting to go. So. It, pretend you're, but pretend you know Dave Cumberbatch. Just, mm-hmm. pretend, just pretend you know him. <laughs> and he has never been to Hawaii in his life. And he's got seven days to go do something. Where would you start as a novice to Hawaii? Just to kind of get that blend of, culture the blend of the scenery the blend of the beach community and the food how how could i mean i know it's it's probably a loaded question because they are somewhat different but where would you like start okay honestly i'm gonna say this and maybe this is controversial but i don't know this is this is my opinion i would start in maui because i think that maui is sort of this wonderful combination of almost all of the islands. Like I know I was like, this is the Lux one. It's the Beverly Hills, which one, but it also is like, has combines like that wild beauty, like the, um, what's it called? The road to, um, the road to Hana is like known as one of the most beautiful places in the world. Like, so you get that sort of like astounding nature, but then also like, it's fun and lively. Like they're like, you go out to dinner and there's like a real community there. And just in terms of the hospitality, like, I think it's almost the best of, it's a a perfect place to start because it's probably how you would dream Hawaii would be like, and it just delivers. Like, I don't think that you can be staying in Wailea and be disappointed, you know, like on the South shore, I would have you start there from there. If you were going on a honeymoon, I would tell you to go over to Lanai, but I've only got seven days. So I would spend two, I would spend two nights there, three nights there. Mm, two to three. Then I would go. I'm trying to think of how to plan this for you. And then I would honestly just go to go to Kauai, book a really early morning flight, go through Oahu, go to Kauai, go right from, yeah, three days in, and then three days in Kauai, three nights in Kauai to have you stay on the South. I would, well, Hanalei Bay is really, really popular too, but I personally also love the South Shore and do like three days, like adventure, wilderness, nature, Kauai. From there, I'd have you come back to Oahu and I'd have you go to Diamond Head and like stay up in that area or depending on when you were visiting, go like up to the North Shore and have like, that's what I did when I visited with my mom. Like one of our family friends moved to Honolulu and like, it was fun to like round out the trip in in the Honolulu before you go. This makes me feel guilty for leaving out the big island, but it's a longer flight. But if but uh, I think that between, I think Maui is a must, honestly, for a first time visitor to Hawaii, just because I think that it is so representative of 
of the different facets of the island. And then I would either say go to the big island or Kauai. When I was on the big islands, I was like, is this my favorite islands? Because it has that same energy as Kauai. It really does. I just think I'm so loyal to Kauai because I think I think Kauai, Kauai is the most beautiful in my opinion. So there you go. Well, you're, you're also an outdoor person and an adventurous and you like hiking and kayaking and surfing and everything like that. And it sounds like for you, Kauai was just a hit. Yes. Yeah. And it's, I was just so taken aback by your time with the weather, like how gray it would be. Usually if it's like grayish weather, it casts like a uh, pallor on like the rest of the colors, but like Hawaii is like put through a neon Instagram filter. Like the sky would be overcast, but like I've never been, except for Dominica. Dominica in the Caribbean reminds me of Kauai, of the island of Kauai. And they get okay. that a lot. Like there are similarities there. But I was like, this place is not real. Like, and people who are live in Hawaii, like a lot of people, um, like my friends who live in Honolulu, their favorite island is Kauai. It's, it's, it's normal for people's favorite islands who live there to be Kauai. Like it's just very special. Is traveling from island to island limited to um, airlift or are there cruises that go from island to island or the islands are so far apart that that's so not practical? Like at, before 2018, you were, you, you were mainly taking ferries like from Tulanai, Lanai, Maui. But mm-hmm. it's really quite easy to book these inter-island flights. The only thing I would say to people in advance is make sure if you're trying to get any reward, if you're trying to get credit, because like Hawaiian Airlines has other airline partners, I learned my lesson the hard way by not input, inputting like my whatever frequent flyer number earlier. So I wasted all those flights. But aside from just making sure you're squared away, and maybe you're not a points collector. It's perfect. The flights are so quick. And also like the waiting areas are really nice. It's not overcrowded. It's, mm-hmm. It feels like part... It's not like there's some places where flying like Nepal. I love Nepal, but like, you don't know if the plane's going to, if, if you're, if you're flying that day, you're flying the whole day, but like it, Hawaii, like they've really gotten their like airline system down, which makes sense because people, some people commute from different islands and they've got family on different islands and it's very easy to move between them. Yeah. Have you ever had the, have you had the chance to experience the local living, local culture, spending some time? With uh, locals? Yes. So when I was talking to you about um, about the, oh my God, farm to table, foraging to table experience. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's like totally, we were like with, um, and people can sign up for this, which I feel like is really cool. Because sometimes I'm like, I experienced this, but I do have a couple of things that I did that people can actually really do. But yeah, like that was completely with the, um, with Brian Harata. And that is, and that whole project was based on his love of like, he was like, he's a chef and he was becoming renowned. And he was like, I had a moment where I was like, I'm going to focus on, I'm going to focus on like the food that I grew up eating, like in Hawaii, like I'm going to, and it's, it's cool because, you know, you learn, you learn more about the history and like, I just, I'm not a big foodie, but some people are. So if you are, then that's a hundred percent. But even as someone who wasn't, it was very cool. But also like on the big island, like you can go on, um, oh my God, what is, I'm going to really struggle. I wrote this, this word down and I struggle, but I'm going to try it anyway. Pohaha Ikalani tour. So that is like this tour, like this, like family owns this huge 
piece of like Hawaiian property and had it for like hundreds of years and that they're hosting you. They're taking you up to overlook the Wai- Waipo Valley Lookout is what it is. It's one of the most beautiful places I've been in my life. It's on the big islands. I think that what you need to do as a traveler, and I would honestly reference some of the stories that I've linked to that I send is that you can sign up for things and you can be one of 30 people and you're sort of shuttled through and you don't feel like you have a moment of where you're like getting to know someone. The mm-hmm. way that I've had cultural experience, the way that I've had when you're like, have you had those? Like, yes, like I've like, like I've been able to like spend it's like time, like living, like if I was, I was getting a taste of like what life is actually like there. And that, but sometimes that happens, like talk to your driver, talk to your mm-hmm. tour guide, talk, book a tour, don't wander off. And also like focus on places that are locally owned because that's where you're going to get that experience. Like, yeah. For me as a traveler and like what I've found so rewarding about Hawaii is that there are so many places that are owned by Hawaiians and Hawaiian families that have like the fact that this family is still in possession of this property. And that was like through a huge amount of effort on like the fact of preservation, cultural preservation, like eco preservation is spectacular. And they want, and they want to share it with you. Do you know what I mean? Like these things, sometimes I think people are like, like tourism, tourism is mutually beneficial if people like, it's a way for people to tell their stories. And I think that particularly like in Hawaii, there's such a history of like rich oral storytelling. And I truly believe that like that just carries on to today because I could like everyone that I like Greg Colden in the big Island, he runs a soap farm. I would never be like, you must go visit him. Like you must, you know what I mean? Like I'm still in touch with him. Like just the characters, the people that you meet, it's very it's very easy to actually feel like that. And you know what talking about is making me realize that like all my examples are in the big islands. And like, that is a place where like, if you do want to have that experience, like it's really at your fingertips and Kauai and even Lanai, like Kauai, like go to the, every Thursday um, in Poipu, there would be like a, a market. People are selling fish, people are dancing, people are drinking and the whole community comes, you know? And like, it's like, if you're in the Caribbean, go to the fish fry, say yes, talk to like, it's like the rule for traveling, I feel, and it's hard to do, but like, say yes, don't be on your phone. You know, like to quote Bill Murray, like I try to be available for life to happen to me. And sometimes like, it's very easy to just tune, to tune out or zone out. But like, I find that people are usually as curious about you as you are about them. And people, if you are impressed by something, share it. Like the friends that I've made, like Really, I've been like, I'm obsessed with it here. Like, I love it here. Tell me about this. Like, you're lucky to live here. Like, people want to hear that, you know? Like, people also have pride. So, in where they're from. And I think that if you express an admiration for a culture, like, I really truly was, I just was just astounded by like the family units, by the social connectivity of, of a lot of, of, a lot of, of the Hawaiian culture. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, it's just like families acknowledge that, like, it's not just your nuclear family that's your family. Yeah. Your family is also your friends. Your families are also your friends' family. And it's just a, this this more expansive and open and a, a more beautiful way of embracing life, you know? And I think that if you, I think that you can see that in like the, the music, the dancing, the food. Like, I think that, I think that the nature of a place reveals itself always. So. Oh, Hawaii, Hawaii just sounds like that place you just want to chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to, it makes you happy, but also like, it's not like, like, I love the desert too, but I get like sleepy. Like you're, you're invigorated. 
you know what I mean? Like you want to, ch- you're chill, you're happy, but also like, it's just, it's just, it's so, it's, I think Polynesian culture in general is like so fascinating. And I went to, I actually met um, this woman who's running for, who won like council representative and the first Ma- Maori woman to do so. And I told her, I just had actually been in Hawaii and I went right from Hawaii to New Zealand. And there's, there's such a shared, there's like the shared Polynesian history. It's fascinating. And like, I mean, we're not going to talk about New Zealand now, but going from, you know, Hawaii and then going to New Zealand right afterwards, like Polynesia is the best for a reason, you know, and part of it's like the people. Yeah. I, I, I think too, from a, the eye candy standpoint, and I'm not talking about women, but the aesthetic beauty of this place. And yes, you are. Uh, uh, now, uh, try, he's trying to get me in trouble, Catherine. That's okay. Uh, I, I mean, I, you know, your eyes are never going to relax. There's just so much to see. It's yes, that's what I mean. It's like it's not. It's not like the colors are crazy. Like this is the only thing that just consistently hits me in Hawaii. Like everything is so vibrant. Like the flowers, and then like the blue of the water, and then it's just outrageously lush. And it's the people in Hawaii do like an amazing job of preserving. You know, of preserving this beautiful place because it's, it's astounding. And like, that can be said to like, you know, they have like good, they have good positions in place to like, you know, guard off spaces. But even when you're in like downtown neighborhoods, it's like, there's no ugly part of Hawaii. Like, and it's, it's because you've got the mixture of the rainforest, you've got that beach and the water in Hawaii doesn't look like Caribbean. It's like a deep, it's like a cobalt. It's like a, between aquamarine and cobalt. It's like a bright, rich blue. And then you've got like these rainbows and flowers. It's just, and I feel like everyone thinks flower crowns with Hawaii, which is actually an ancient practice and really cool. And I, I had learned how to do one with um, one of this women who, whose life now, whose career started, oh my God, what is it? Kauai flower crowns. Very cool. But I get why the flowers symbolize with Hawaii. It's like they, they are like weeds there. Like we grow weeds in New Jersey. They grow like insane bouquets of flowers. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. I sense that the Hawaiian experience has really influenced you as a person. Um, how how do you apply that when you come back home to the United to the United States? Funny, I wrote about that actually um, about like feelings. I and when I visited Kauai, like I went right from New York City to Kauai, then then back to New York City, and on the on my flight back, like just like issues. It was raining. Couldn't find my, couldn't find the keys to my apartment. My then boyfriend <laughs> like, wasn't home to let me in. And then I had all my stuff and I was getting overwhelmed. And I was like, you can have that Hawaiian, you can have that Hawaiian. Like for me, it's like just a sense of gratitude that I don't feel when I'm doing yoga. I don't feel that gratitude just because I don't, I don't gratitude journal. Like it's hard. I think there's so much cheesiness around the wellness culture that a lot of it really originates actually. in a lot of I mean, honestly, in a lot of indigenous cultures, but a lot of it is like really native to Hawaii that's now being spread all over the country and sometimes in tacky ways. But the thing is, is that when you, I think that the thing about Hawaii is it's humbling and you realize that you're not that big of a deal. And I think that for me, my, I feel happiest, like not when I'm looking within so much, like these people on yoga retreats, the only time I've ever had an almost nervous breakdown was on a yoga retreat for wellness in Morocco. So I don't think we're supposed to be looking inward so much all day. Like it's crazy making. I'd rather look outward. And in Hawaii, you're just constantly humbled by what you're seeing. Like it's hard to, it's hard. I don't really, I'm not religious at all, but like being in Hawaii, I'm like, oh, there must, 
like it makes you believe in a God, you know? And in Hawaii, yeah. they have multiple gods. Like there's like the God of, there's so many different types of gods. Like there's the God of this, the sea, the God of, but, but also there are like gods of like one specific beach. I took a <laughs> shell. <laughs> yeah. There are a ton of them. And I took a shell from this beach because I collect shells in Kauai and I had it in my bag. And my friend Julie looks at me and she was like, did you take that? And I was like, yeah, like, I don't, she was like, oh my God. She was like, do you know where you took it from? And I was like, I think I know. We drove 35, 40 minutes out of the way so I could return it immediately because like, she was wow. like, that is bad. It's, it's, it's desecrating. It's offensive. It's disrespectful. And like, she and I would be cursed essentially. I would like try to be like, well, do you want to hold it? They're like, no. And I went back and buried it in the same place. But I'm like, if I grew up in this place, like that would, for me, the idea of like having respect and love for nature and one another makes so much more sense to me than like a God. And that makes me calm. You know what I mean? I feel like it's, it's hard to maintain that sense of, that sense of gratitude when you're not, when you're, it's just hard. I think that it's hard when like a, a whale isn't breaching in front of a rainbow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think uh, Hawaii's isolation actually works to its advantage mm-hmm. uh, because they're it, able to protect everything. And I just think it's also important as like travelers too, that I think the way that you interact is what you get, what you give always. And like, I feel like if you want to really experience Hawaii, like you need to be, respectful and curious and interested and you know what I mean people are I think that the ugly American stereotype exists for for a reason but also like American travelers one thing that makes us actually good that I've heard three times three different countries now is that we do ask questions like Brits can be really polite and sort of move forward they're like an American will tell you their life story and then ask yours and then you just can just get real and that's the part that people like and appreciate you know and I know Hawaii is within America I'm just saying in general Right. I think that you'll understand it if you're nicer and you ask questions and it seems so obvious, but a lot of people will go to a place and not really put themselves out there and then be surprised when they don't get that much back from it. Yeah. Uh, 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 finally, is there anything about Hawaii that Dave and I forgot to ask you that you, you just got to get out? Uh, I, I feel like, I mean, we've been on for over an hour now and I'm just like, I can't stop talking about Hawaii, but I know we all got (laughs) to go. So I just want to make sure that there's anything on your list. Uh, I know you put a lot of work into helping us understand Hawaii. I want to find out if there's something on the Catherine list that we didn't ask. I know. Well, I was. Honestly, I think we like cover. I, I think that we covered everything, essentially, like obviously the one thing that we didn't cover was Malachi because I can't speak to Malachi specifically, but no, I mean, no, I think that, I think the one thing I'll say is that if you do, I think that if you're coming from the East coast and you do have time and now that we are having, um, what's it called? We're, ha- we're going to be working remote. Most of us are going to be working remotely for like at least part of the time. People get daunted by the long flight. So it's like, okay, if it's going to be an 11 hour flight, stay for that bit longer and go island hopping. Like, I do think that you'll just get such an appreciation and go to the, go to, definitely go to like, there are these like little festivals and markets, get all the, get all the street poke and street shape ice you can get and all the Mai Tais. <laughs> oh, that's it. The, the Mai Tais, I love them. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, cool. Well, Catherine, uh, thank you again for doing this. You are a saint to us. Um, 
And we've told you this before, and we're going to tell you this again, you are family. And for those of you who don't know, Catherine's going to have a little more of a permanent role with us. Uh, we're going to work out the details. So you will definitely hear from her again, probably about a month from today. Um, and we've got some, uh, Catherine's been everywhere. Like I said at the opening, I think you had 63 countries and counting. Yeah, six, 64, I guess. And oh, then, 64. Yeah, yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I, I'm always trying to speak because my mom has been to more and my sister has been to more. And we're in a competition and it's halted. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, nobody else that I know of starts their travel journey at 14 months old at the Arctic <laughs> Circle. So, you know, I think you, I think you had a leg up on most of the rest of the world other than your family. Thank you. You guys, I mean, this was so fun to talk about. I feel like I... I feel like in my imagination, I was there for a bit. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, nice, I, I, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to figure out where I could do a podcast live from Hawaii now. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm working the details out in my head. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sign me up, too, please. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to be our tour guide for this one. Certainly. <laughs> so anyway, Catherine, thank you so much again for doing this. And um, uh, this uh, uh trip to Hawaii is, I know it was a trip down memory lane for you, but for Dave and I, it was illuminating. And uh, it, it actually going to make me enjoy my trip there uh, much more this summer. Hopefully this COVID stuff will go away and, uh, uh, or at least wane enough to take some of the restrictions down. But even if it does, I'm, I'm willing to take the risk. I've been vaccinated. So what the hell, you know, I, I'll go get, I'll go get my COVID test a couple of days before I leave from them and keep going. I just, it just looks like too fascinating of a place to ignore. So, um, yeah. so that's it for today's podcast. And uh, this is, uh, you can learn more about Catherine and some of her other works. Her website, CatherineParkerMagyar.com. Is that correct, Catherine? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you can see she's got articles, pictures. Uh, uh, our podcast is hanging out on her website someplace. Uh, she's got a lot more to tell than what she shared with us today. So we invite you and the link will be in the description when we do our write-up on our website as well. You should also follow Catherine's Instagram page at Catherine Parker Magyar, M-A-G-Y-A-R, Catherine Parker Magyar on Instagram. Man, that, that uh, Instagram uh, page of hers is loaded with a lot of great information about global travel. Uh, I, I promise you, you won't leave disappointed. So again, that Instagram handle is Catherine Parker Magyar and take a look and uh, enjoy. So on behalf of my dear friend, Dave Cumberbatch, this is Michael Gordon Bennett saying so long and we will see you next time. Yeah. <laughs>